0: podcasts we love changemakers is a new podcast series with me claire mckenna Acast
1: is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. Welcome to the Blood and Mud podcast, the podcast that takes a good old gorp at the weekend rugby, like it's a magic eye picture made out of old Stab Francais shirts. I am Lee. Welcome. And joining me over there is.
2: I thought you were about to give yourself some sort of like, you know, wrestling esque nickname, like that pause was like right, Lee, you know. The, the, Lee the
1: Wanger, Calvert. The danger, wanger, the, Calvers, the, the
2: right, danger from D side or something like that. You know.
1: No, I just said Lee. Um, Who okay, are you then?
2: Uh, I'm Josh. I remain, yeah.
1: You can get in touch with the pod at Blood and Mud, that's me, honestly, at Bloodandmud.com. What about you, Josh?
2: Uh at Josh Gordon, at rugby shit watch, rugby dot com, all that jazz.
1: We are on ACast, we are on iTunes, we are on patreon.com slash blood and mud for extra yes. goodies for in return for cash money. Yeah. Those of us who, thank you very much, for everyone who supports us there, particularly to Sean Troy. Who has stepped up to the VIP area, Velvet oh, Road and said, <laughs> hello there, "Oh sir. yes, sir, I'll have Come me some in. of that." Come on and in. Has Stepped in, and is now at the jukebox with the loop playlist, and a, a, time. a very, very close personal friend of the pod now. So well, welcome along.
2: Yeah, you're you're, you're welcome to join. Ju- no, you're not actually. What you don't want Apart to join? Apart from us, watching drums, have you
1: been up to much this weekend, Josh? Anything happening?
2: Um, uh, I've done a lot of putting things in boxes, mate. If, uh,
1: oh yeah, the the move is coming, isn't it? I'm
2: I'm moving house on a week on Thursday, so uh, we'll see if I have if BT is giving me internet by the time uh, we come to record the pod, uh, the weekend after next. But um, yeah, you know, I had a cracking it's just weekend. It's Yeah, I was going to say, what, what you, I bet your weekend wasn't just putting things in boxes like mine was.
1: No, it wasn't. I played a bit of guitar, watched the rugby, but I also in basically <laughs> bathed myself in the worst humanity has to offer this weekend. Oh, yeah. Because I watched the Michael Jackson thing.
2: Oh, me too, yeah.
1: The Neverland thing. I watched Surviving R. Kelly.
2: Yeah, I have watched that
1: as well. And then, having not had enough, I watched that three girls documentary, not documentary, drama about Rochdale.
2: No, I didn't watch that. So I don't
1: feel I could ever get the filth off.
2: No. To be honest. I mean, I feel like there's been a a weird, like, there's been a lot of really bleak telly in the last couple of months. Like, bleak and baffling. Like, that abducted in plain sight remains probably the most what-the-fuck thing I've ever seen in my life. We yeah, because at that. least
1: with the Michael Jackson, thing, you go, well, I understand why your parents are completely fucking, to coin a phrase, in bed with this, because... Yes. ...you just wanted to be Michael Jackson's mate because he's a superstar, yeah. and that's not... You know, that's understandable. But uh... Yeah,
2: it's, it's not acceptable, but it's understandable. The yes. abducted in plain sight one is just what-the-fuck. Um, <laughs> although I will say, I can... I also watched three depressing things this week which is also Michael Jackson R Kelly and uh that Louis Theroux apologizing for rapists because they got kicked out of university documentary which was fucking horrendous.
1: Oh. Uh, so we so... should we talk about some other stuff then because that was yeah, so, yeah, I, so that's what we, we do t- over the yeah, weekend.
2: Can we just yeah move ourselves into something a lot, lot just more wholesome. We to take our minds lovely. off
1: Project Reset and the Nation's League by, <laughs> by just going looking at worse things. Yeah.
2: Yeah. What is the worst humanity has to offer? Even worse. What did you do this weekend, listeners, it?
1: to forget about the world? Yeah. Probably something slightly yeah. brighter than what we did.
2: Yes, but I mean, some people probably did something sensible, like saw their friends and family, or went oh, out well, and you know, yeah. in can the imagine, sunshine. Can you imagine such walking,
1: walking a thing? Anyway, a dog
2: or something. I don't know.
1: We begin as we always begin with a player spotted. Lewis mm-hmm. Roderick gets it. This is where we ask people to send in banal and boring player spottings. Lewis Roderick slides, in, slides a hand into my DMs and passes me this. He says, five years ago. Oh,
2: that's a long, that's a long time is. to have something in there.
1: It better be a big payoff, but I think it is as mm-hmm. well, though. He says, my wife and I and our son, who was six months old at the time, were in Cardiff Bay. We went to Nando's. Aled. I
2: mean, you've absolutely massively raised your chances of bumping into a rugby player I right now. you just, yeah? Cardiff yeah. playing
1: Nando's. Aled Brew was there. <laughs> Hello. And my wife thought was somewhat overdressed. And then he says, look, Lewis says, and he's actually sent us a photo. Oh, my God. I mean, Aled Brew. he is dramatically overdressed. Yeah, so Andos. let me paint you a picture there, gentlemen. This is Nando's of a weekend, I'm guessing, or maybe midweek, who knows? Cardiff Bay. And Aled's got a grey suit on.
2: Very sharp suit. Yeah. Very sharp
1: suit. Pink shirt. Yeah. With what is it, is it a is it a maroon and white diagonal stripe tie, would you say? I think it might be it's
2: dark. It's either black or
1: black or, or navy well. blue or something. It's a kind yeah. of it's a kind of dark tie with a white diagonal stripe in it. And then he's got the requisite unforgivable, but why do so many people do it? Chicken coma coloured shoes.
2: I was about to say, the shoes and the suit. Well, I could forgive the shoes and the seat if not for the shirt. A pink shirt with a tan leather shoe is just not a good look, No, I don't think. The chicken corner shoe is a
1: bold move. but Anyway, he says, my son wasn't fussed. And he's (laughs) quite right. His son's right right there. His son's in the the pram next to him, looking at him. Well... It's so somewhere between baffled and disgusted. I, I think it. Is, is he's, the best. He's, he's looking at his
2: tie and going,
1: "Why the fuck did you wear that tie with that ensemble?" <laughs> Thank God you can't see his shoes, kid, because you'd be fucking yeah. bawling. Anyway, <laughs> so when he said, "My son wasn't fussed," that he says, but Lewis says, "But he has since learned the error of his ways." Yeah, because you know you should have been. Well, really. Doesn't everyone? Maybe he's just dumbstruck in the presence of Aled. Mm. This would have been pre. This would have been in his hiatus years as well, when he was just knocking about in suits around Nando's. Because what else is he going to yeah, do? I mean,
2: this is probably when he wasn't playing for the Dragons ever, <laughs> despite being one of their players.
1: Yeah, they'd like, I bet they'd like him back now. Nobody's flicking the yeah. Vs over that bridge. Exactly, yeah. Driving over the free bridge to flick the Vs yeah. and drive back over again. <laughs> That's probably what he's doing. No, he doesn't have to pay.
2: He probably still lives in Newport just to rub it in. Driving <laughs> around does, in yeah. his, his, his Bath-sponsored car.
1: Driving around on a, dice, li- a car-sized Dyson riding cylinder <laughs> car vacuum. Size. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: Right then. So, have we got any news, Josh? Have we got any news this week?
2: We uh, I mean, this. Unless you count news as uh, Nigel Ray assuring everybody that he's just really bloody, he's bloody cares so much about his players, and that's, <laughs> and you know, all of this sort of talk about him starting up these businesses with. With his senior high earning players. Is you know, he's just because he cares about their retirement and he cares about their futures. And 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 to be honest with you, everyone seems to have gone, oh, what a brilliant club. What a model club. People and come to me his, and I say absolutely taking his
1: word for it. So, people come to me oh. and I say, What is it you need? What do you need to make your world and your life perfect? Because that's what I'm here to do. I'm like and, a sort of mulleted home county's Father Christmas. All yeah. year round, that's all, he, that's all he does. Yeah, he's just he's just such a bloody good bloke. I mean, as a statement goes, it wasn't too bad. I think the point he's making is they do it have was very eloquent to use the term. I do think, I do believe that they have an holistic approach to player welfare, and that's to be commended. I'm not sure, I don't know Absolutely. how different that is to other clubs because they haven't made statements about it, but. They do seem to have an holistic approach to player welfare yes, in that they, they do obviously rest they have a good size squad, they rotate people, they've got people in higher education they try and get people ready and but then they do this <laughs> invest Why have they specifically picked those players to invest a load of money is always is the question yeah. and also uh, like just because they
2: do all of those things and they're all very good and very worthy. Doesn't mean that they're also not breaking the fucking salary cap. Well, don't
1: no, no, they are breaking the salary cap. This is the club. Well, I think this, uh, the part i making is I think everybody wins here. They get round the salary cap. I'm not saying this is okay, but they yeah. get round the salary cap. They manage to build a business for a player. Nigel and creams off a... a bit of yield and everyone's, yeah. everyone's happy, you know. Yeah.
2: And the only people who lose is the competitive balance of the Premiership and everyone else in the Premiership.
1: Well, Ryan Walkinshaw's stuff was really interesting.
2: Yes, I thought that, that was big very thread that he did but he was just like, look, they all yes. know it's
1: bit, it's fucked, and yeah, instead they of just aren't instead of getting P- nobody wants to get PwC in to look at this as an independent yeah. oversight, nobody's interested. And it's that point. I th- he said, you know, I was told it wasn't in the best interest of the sport really to do that. It's like, mm, let me think of a another professional sport. But he said it wasn't in the best interest of the sport to be honest with people. Pro mm, cycling, yeah. anybody? How did that work out for them? Yeah. Mind you, it's still going, I suppose, but.
2: Yeah, it's, it's still going with an asterisk around every single person yeah. that wins it and a, and a load of suspicion and unpleasantness and, and people throwing we at each other. Do we, do we
1: want... <laughs> <laughs> Is that what you want? Do we want rugby
2: to be... Like, Nigel, from really? your new
1: West stand. And by the way, we're building a new West stand. He kind of tagged it at the end, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. Do you want people throwing piss out of that stand, Nigel, because <laughs> of what's basically financial doping? Is that what you want? <laughs>
2: uh Anyway, that, so yeah, that's only the only real news. That's oh aside the from real news. All Scottish players are injured. Every all Scottish players.
1: player in the world is injured. Yeah. Um, Nick Grigg looks like a plasterer, but they've now resorted to calling up actual plasterers because that's all they yeah. have left. Yeah. And, and we're not going to go into reset again because Josh is smiling slightly and I don't want to ruin it, but uh, you are wearing <laughs> this season's Osprey's kit, which you have bought in a fire sale. Which is,
2: <laughs> which is <laughs> and is, is you know, is pointed, I'm not going to tell a lie. But, um yeah so the ospreys have basically just spent the last week or so since we we last covered this just just throwing grenades yeah. left right and center and basically screaming at the rest of Welsh rugby to come and have a go if they think they're hard enough which i mean as an ospreys fan is funny i don't know i think
1: it's fucking hilarious yeah just like no we <laughs> are not going quietly into this dark yeah night. we will not go into quietly into the good night <laughs> at all there will be no dignity in this
2: fight no no, I mean, it's Rob Davis is basically just like stripped to the waist, this fucking baseball bat in hand, screaming from the top of the Liberty Stadium. You know, it's it's glorious stuff. It's all kicked off in
1: it. the pub. He's thrown them all in the bogs, and he's stood by the door <laughs> saying, "I'm fucking Mother <laughs> N. Nobody's coming in."
2: <laughs> I mean, if that's how they want to resolve this whole thing.
1: Literally. Well it'd be none more Welsh would it so let's let's
2: yeah. let's crack on let's just have a fight in a pub car park and Interestingly though it they're there.
1: denying their the, the commonly briefed belief that they're um <laughs> that they are skinned yes is is they're saying that's just simply not true or they're no more yeah. skinned than everybody else would be, and so on. yeah,
2: <laughs> they're basically saying you're all fucked. stop trying to make it out like we're the ones who are especially more fucked than everybody else, and I think it's probably because Rob Davis is an incredibly rich man and he's gone oh, these fuckers want to fight, do they? And he's put his hand in his pocket and gone, right <laughs> there. let has
1: gone. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
2: Bring it. Um, which, again, as an Ospreys fan, is funny and entertaining. Uh, and I'm a lot less depressed than I was last week because I'm just looking forward to this whole thing just ending up in think, an absolutely chaotic mess. I think in the one course.
1: thing, whatever happens with it, because something will happen eventually, I think mm. what is clear is that it's not going to be this season no i don't believe it can be now it's just like there's too much shit up the walls to clean no off i think as i do. said
2: the only the only thing left for the Wru to really do now is to go yeah um as you were um and let's all start again and try to get back into the room together without somebody chinning someone else so high
1: hopes rules of engagement Honestly, on the wall no chinning well,
2: yeah welcome the brackets this means you rob rob uh, can you sit down please yeah.
1: and can i draw your attention to the rules of engagement board yeah. again i yeah.
2: uh, can i also ask you i did ask you on several occasions to please check all weapons at the door <laughs> and you, you yes even the knife in in your boot rob uh yes yeah, so, so that's that that's that's all happening i'd love a fucking quiet week from project reset if it's all the same to maybe the rest of the fucking world maybe
1: a grand slam will, will change people's minds but we'll talk about that later. maybe
2: on. maybe I just just like to fucking just, just can we not talk about it until after right and then start again
1: we move on to an, uh, a, a probably never to be repeated section called
2: <laughs> right
1: wait one minute hello which is okay. a quiz of sorts okay Josh this is all about players' weight. You see what I've done? Okay. There? Wait one minute, see. Right. Uh, it probably last longer than a minute, okay. though, won't it?
2: Okay. Well, I mean, this is us.
1: Josh, I want you to put these six rugby players in order okay. of weight, okay, from the lightest to the heaviest. Right. Hit me. These weights, before anyone kicks off, about if they're wrong, these weights are as listed on the official Six Nations site. Okay. You have I have
2: you, assumed you were going to say Wikipedia, so...
1: No, I actually went to I'm the station so I'm
2: impressed you've gone to that level of depth.
1: Yes. So here are the players. Strap me in. Connor Murray. Yeah. Elliot Daly.
2: Hmm?
1: Lee Hapney. Okay. Johan Uge.
2: Yeah.
1: Liam Williams. Mm. Blair, Kinghorn. <sighs> so... One to six, one being the lightest, six being the heaviest.
2: I'm going to say that of that group, and I could be, you know... I'm going to say... So one's the lightest, six one's is the heaviest. One's the lightest,
1: six is the heaviest.
2: I'm going to go from six to one. Okay. So I'm going to say that j is the heaviest. Okay. Then I'm going to say... Then I'm going to say Connor Murray,
1: mm-hmm.
2: then Blair Kinghorn, because even though he's a, he's not a big lad, mm. he's a very tall lad. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe, mm, no, actually, I'm going to go Liam Williams, then Blair Kinghorn. Um, then I'm going to go... I'm going to say that Lee Halfpenny actually weighs more than uh, Elliot Daly, because okay. even though Lee Halfpenny is very small and compact, mm-hmm. he's a big lad. And right. I feel like he's packing it on. So, yeah, I'm going to go Elliot Daly, Lightest, then Lee Halfpenny, then Blair Kinghorn, Liam Williams, Connor Murray, Johan Uge.
1: Say that again. Daly, Halfpenny. Daly,
2: Halfpenny, Kinghorn, Williams, Murray, Uge.
1: King, Williams, Murray, Uge.
2: How wrong am I? One, two, three,
1: four, five, six. I'm trying to see. I think you might have got every single one of these wrong. <laughs> yes. To be well, honest with
2: you, if you get if you get one wrong, the odds are you're gonna end up yeah. getting them all wrong.
1: Let me That's give you the thought. actual thing. Okay. The lightest player of this bunch is Lee Halfpenny.
2: Ah see, I should have just gone with the obvious I was trying to get too clever.
1: Eighty five kilograms. hmm The second lightest, <laughs> Liam Williams.
0: No, Eighty six point eight
1: kilograms. Number three, Connor Murray, ninety-three point one eight kilograms. Number four, shocker, this one, Yuan Uje, well wow. at ninety-six point eight two kilograms. So you're down to Daly and Kinghorn now as the heaviest two. Jesus. Second heaviest is Elliot Daly at ninety-eight point one eight kilograms, which Jesus. must be about fifteen and a bit stone. He does not
2: look it, does he?
1: Now, according to... This is from the Six Nations site, right? This is Blair Kinghorn's weight. (laughs) I have my doubts. Yeah. Blair Kinghorn apparently weighs 104 kilograms.
2: No, he does not.
1: That puts him about the same weight (laughs) as Guillem Garrado.
2: No, come (laughs) on. That's not true.
1: I mean, he is tall. He's a big lad, but he's willowy. He's willowy. Maybe he's not as willowy as you think. Remember, According...
2: According to Wikipedia, he weighs 95 kilos, which is still a lot more than I'd thought.
1: <laughs> well, you know, taking it up with a... I mean... That's What's interesting just... is, though, is that what is consistent, is that Elliot Daly is bigger than you think.
2: <clears throat> yeah, surprisingly. Like, he does not wear... like He does not... To be honest, he doesn't run his weight either. <laughs> but um...
1: Imagine how quick he'd be if he was a little bit lighter, if he was 40 and a half stone rather than 50 and something stone. Terrifying. What you say he was 103 kilograms? Which one? Uh, King on. King on 104 kilograms, which I think is about 16 stone. <laughs> <It's>,
2: <laughs> it is it is 16.4 stone.
1: That is if big. You want eh? to be. That is too big. He's not that big. Wikipedia, that's, that's Wikipedia
2: says he's 95, which I can better believe.
1: That's basically um, Jonathan Davis size, 16.4 yeah. stone.
2: Um, but the ESPN also claims that he's... Uh, 230 pounds, which is 16 and a bit stone. I'm gonna see what the Scottish Rugby Union says. Surely they'll know. It I mean, whatever happens,
1: them. this has made a fucking brilliant bit of radio for everybody. <laughs> Absolutely, hasn't it yes, I mean, Just, weights, just
2: me uh... looking up how much Blair Kinghorn weighs. Uh, 95 kilos, according to the Sru, which is marginally more believable.
1: It's a hell of a swing that one at 10 kilograms. Well, yeah, that's like you try getting that on EasyJet and not being charged for it. <laughs>
2: I mean, 95 kilos is. Is.
1: About 15. 50,
2: is 15, stone. 15 stone, yes. Yeah. Yes, it's 15 stone. Yeah, it's 14 stone, nine. So he's either put on a full stone and a bit in weight between where. Or somebody is drastically wrong here.
1: So anyway, successful section, I don't think so. That won't be making a return. <laughs> but. You can maybe think I, of a I, list for me to put in genu- order for next week.
2: Yeah, I mean, i genuinely. Uh, amazed that Elliot Daly weighs as much as he does because lad does not run his weight.
1: He's definitely Both 15 into stone. And most sources have him at 15 stone. He's a big, like, a big lad. Like to be as quick as he
2: is, yeah. he's a big lad. But equally, if he's that big and that heavy, I'd hit. I want him to hit things a little bit, a bit harder.
0: harder
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah, interesting.
1: Well, while well, we had a big debate about Blair King, or should we move on to uh, Scotland?
2: Where yeah. Else? yeah uh they just it's what can we say now about scotland about scotland really beyond like, what we've already said yeah
1: like
2: uh, when it works for scotland it's beautiful like that move for scotland's try with the the inside line and the the run the line from uh what's his face to say lad he's about seven thousand years old uh josh strauss no, Brian McGriggan. Uh, Brian McGregan. Uh, yeah, lovely, lovely line. Beautiful set move. Oh,
1: for like, the try! Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Sorry. Yeah, like set move bliss. Let's be honest, sexy rugby. But it can't just be the case that without Hamish Watson, they have nothing in the forwards. There's anything more than just workman like. Like I don't like agreeing with Jim Telfer because you know, you know, bags and this and bags of that. We've. <laughs> We go back the way, but you know, and I don't like his. It's not like in my day stick, but he's right. They're all just so beige. They're all all hardworking, unspectacular, rock solid pros that just don't have any dynamism or bastardry or anything unexpected about them without Hamish Watson in it. And it's just so fucking boring to like Ryan say Wilson this every week.
1: A bit of that, doesn't he, when he does do a bit of it, but not enough. The um. Yeah, I don't know what they're being... I'd like to see what they're being coached they should do in the first mm. three phases of play off any set piece or off any situation Yeah, because it doesn't seem to make any sense for me. It's mad, isn't it? It doesn't seem to be any plan to it. So then what happens is, is that then you can never shake the feeling that Scotland are about one pass away from fucking everything up, particularly in those early phases. Because everything seems a bit rushed and a bit hectic, because there doesn't seem to be a plan.
2: It's almost like they've got a like. In order for them to feel like they can execute whatever the set move that they've, you know, and from what I was on the the Cammy Black Scottish uh, rugby pod last week, I heard yes, yes, and he made uh, X rated for your pleasure, um, and he made a point that like. Gregor Townsend is apparently very, very, very like howley-esque in how like intricate and how big their playbook is and how right. how much they sort of
1: And you're standing and how, two inches compl- too far left and you should be. Yeah, sort of how thing.
2: complicated their attacking patterns are. And that's why it looks so fucking magnificent when it works. Yeah, because exactly.
1: It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, that's why that try is as the way I it on, is, yeah.
2: Yeah, but I honestly think do they because of how complicated it is do they sort of need to give themselves like four or five phases to sort of get into the position where they feel like, right, everybody's in position now and we can execute it? I and think when you, it works only, it works.
1: You can only perfectly but... set up when you're static. That's why lineouts are great, because the defense mm. is quite a long way away, isn't it? And you can actually yeah, it's like get everybody in position. <laughs> and then everything works. But and that's why yeah. it, that's why it tends to work in rugby league a bit better as well. Mm. But um
2: It's like they're trying to turn every move into a set move, like into a set piece move by sort of slowing everything down to the point where
1: And there's nothing wrong with being coached into sort of like banks of attack and all that kind of stuff. Nobody's saying, you know, you can't coach this stuff, but I do think you know, I I d I don't know how much coaching goes into getting them into a position where they can launch an attack. So I'm assuming that integrity is about the backs. And it does, well, there must be obviously work going into it because they're a professional rugby team. But it's yeah. it's it's difficult, an international team no less. I think it's difficult to see when you're watching what the scrum half's trying to do off the first three phases. You know what he's working mm. towards and what he's trying to get, and where, where the kind of bank, where the organisation <laughs> of the players is to get you into position yeah. to go again. And when a decision is made, when somebody goes, "No, we're kicking this now because this isn't working," you know, there's an element of that sort of thing. I don't know where that yeah, and it's not that is
2: like like the forwards job in all of these things and you know the backs the back the attacking moves are almost always backs moves Mm. you know it's not and it seems like a lot of the jobs of the forwards is kind of just like cannon fodder almost it's like just send send them in a couple of phases to try and suck a few defenders in and then we'll go you know and there's not a lot you know and the contrast between when somebody like hamish watson comes on Yes. And you know, just comes on. Yeah. yeah, and all of a sudden you've got go forward. you know, look at the other side of the field. You know, you've got you've got to have a pack that's got these people in there. You know, Wales have got Ken Owens and they've got Josh Navidi is like dynamic ball carriers. They've got Rob Evans and Justin Tipperick who've got better handling skills than most fly offs and, and then you've got bastards like Ross Moriarty, who's just a shit. Um and then they've got Everything about Alan jones are like it's, mm. that Scottish pack just doesn't have that balance yeah
1: and like, they've got uh, Beard who ruined them all all day and stuff like that it's yeah you know, that's what your job is. You, you do wonder where a lot was, of
2: these players just seem to have the same job which is work really fucking hard and tackle your guts out lads
1: and they do that fine and they fucking do yeah, it really well, probably, well yeah, but yeah, there's yeah.
2: too many of the same type of player it's like to use a football analogy, it's like having a team full of fucking holding midfielders. You know,
1: it's a Lampard and Gerrard problem. But yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> but it's. Um, <coughs> I mean, the thing is, when you look at it, I'm not sure. You, there's nothing you can look at to go, "Well, it's okay," because they'll bring X back in. Mm. Do you know well, I mean? Mish is the only one because Richie, Richie Gray could come back in, couldn't he? But he's not. He's not that kind of play. He's big and he's useful.
2: Yeah, it's like, and you look at like you know who's the most dynamic and exciting ball carrier in Scottish domestic rugby well it's
1: Mata. bill matter <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> who's who's taken unfortunately well, you can't do much um, about
1: that can you but yeah, it's a... no
2: but it's like and you can ins- I mean to be
1: fair you can't just well you can magic him by buying him in but you can't you know they he's quite a unique talent bill matter I would say
2: yeah oh no he absolutely <laughs> is but like He's basically, I'm not saying that there are, you know, he's a symptom of Scottish rugby's problem, really, which is for all of the fantastic work they've done trying to identify players from around the world that are Scottish qualified and can come in and help them. And they've done it with loads of, you know, they've had so much good success with it. Like number eight and like dynamic ball carrying Back row forwards, they've just not really had that much luck with it, and you know, Ryan Wilson's fine, but he's not. Strauss
1: kind of wanders in and out of games, doesn't he? Yeah, Strauss.
2: if, If things are going well, Strauss is fine, but also Strauss is pretty old now, and yeah, I just I don't know if there's that kind of. Yeah, it's funny. I I don't know if who the next And you know but (laughs) scottish listeners will tell us i'm sure quite forcefully where the you know the next great you know ball carrying scottish forwards are coming from but like there doesn't seem to be that many of them at glasgow or edinburgh and it's it's something that's holding them back and you know it's not just having big ball carriers you've got to have dynamic players you've got to have people like hamish watson that can inject something unpredictable into your forward play, because it can't just be all about the backs.
0: Acast recommends Podcasts we love. Changemakers is a new podcast series with me, Claire McKenna, talking to people who stand up, speak out, or challenge us to think a little differently. It's about the greater good families and children respecting their own individuality. In the next couple of years, I hope I never have to have conversations about racism ever again. I just want to get to the stage where, you know, people are just people.
1: Nobody's pooling the resources
0: together and actually being able to show how much of an impact it will make when people do come together. Changemakers with Claire McKenna. Search for it now wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Acast is home to the world's best podcasts, including the David McWilliams podcast, I'm Grandmam, and the one you're listening to right now. Not much else to say about Scotland, really. I suppose because no, we've I'm said sure. it all before, haven't we? Yeah, it's boring
2: talking about it, and I, you know, I don't. It doesn't give me any enjoyment no, indeed. No, about I, it. To be we honest, we all
1: want it's... it to go better for them. Yeah, we really do. Mm. There was a forward pass in that Scotland trying, To be honest, a lot yeah. of people kicking off about that. But from my point of view, I don't really care because, frankly, if refs can't be bothered to give a forward pass when it's just a straight up pop between ten and twelve, which they don't even do that anymore. <laughs> Why the hell should we be saying oh well you should have spotted that ref and penalised that when it's this incredibly intricate move refs don't seem to
2: bother fucking enforcing much of anything these days so I mean the line out is now a joke as much as the breakdown is a joke in terms of like early engagement and contact and all that sort of stuff it's like what rules are they enforcing as opposed to the ones that they aren't? It's kind present. of going back right.
1: in time, I think. If you look at the way what a mess the line out used to be, people were all you know, climbing all mm-hmm. over each other, weren't they? And I suppose as long as the ball gets in and out, so I'm not fucking bothered anymore, really. There's a point yeah. at which you have to just sort of say it is what it is now. Do you want to see the ball yeah, being played or not?
2: You have to put your hand it's the same, you know, as people who get annoyed about, you know, scrum's collapsing but the balls at the back, so refs basically say, you know, it's playable, crack on. Like that's that's kind of the way that rugby has to go because cheating is so rampant that we've got to get the ball moving somehow.
1: I posted a, I, I spotted a thing in the Island game where I was like, hang on, why is that not a penalty? It was. A, oh,
2: that was fucking horrendous.
1: Well, yeah, and then, remember we had this discussion the other week when I was talking about, you know, that players have to endeavour to stay on their feet. They don't have to stay on their feet. And mm. it, to be honest, it wasn't the off the feet thing for that one that worried me too much. It was more the... He's blatantly just gone in from the side. Yeah. He was gone in from the side and then flopped off his feet. But a lot of the um, feedback I had, and a ref actually today has come back and responded, who he runs a refereeing account, mm. and basically said that there was no material effect whatsoever other than taking himself out of the game by falling over because the ball was yeah. coming out. There was nobody competing. And effectively, that's what they're told to do now. So technically, yeah, he's probably on the side. Yeah, he's probably off his feet. But actually... If it's not when actually, when you look at it, in it in the history? ball's coming out. So, you, but then again, the part of me says, yeah, but he's lying on top of a French player, so it is having some effect. And Yeah, you getting But then getting what's up. interesting is when I said, what's interesting, the first thing is interesting, when I said, and I put the GIF up that I've made, and I said, can somebody tell me why that's not offside or not pinged? Mm. Loads of people then got really s- snarky about it. It's like, no, I'm asking a genuine question. I'm trying to understand why that wasn't given rather than saying, oh, Irish people never get pinged. That's not what I'm saying because that kind of thing happens in all kinds of games. Of
2: course it does, you know. But um, the Six Nations, as you'd expect, supreme. I got
1: probably about six six different answers coming back about why it was or was not, <laughs> which I think I, I did. The, the most consistent thing was this, like I came to the other week when we were talking, this material effect thing. Yeah. You know, that actually, yeah, technically, I suppose, but the ball was out. Nobody was competing. He wasn't clearing anybody out of the way. He just kinda of took himself out of the game. So it's interesting. It's... So I think there is this element of, you know, people, you know, the the, the feed and the scrum isn't policed anymore. Loads of the rook isn't if it's not having too much of an effect. That thing you just made about line out, mm. offside I think he's hardly really looked at that closely anymore.
2: Oh God. The... And
1: that's real I mean in in, uh, particularly tackle in the line Scot- off sides I mean.
2: Yeah. In the um in the Wales well, Scotland game, like the level of fucking ridiculousness with I mean, to be honest, every game, the offside law is a mess, but it was just like every fucking ruck, players from both sides are offside. And 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 that's having a material impact on the game. You can say that doesn't have it, but like...
1: I think that's more of a worry. If you're going to go after something, you should go after that because actually it's hard enough to attack. There's no space anyway. Mm. It happens in rugby league, to be honest. It's meant to be 10 metres. It's usually between 8 and 10. Because actually, yeah. I suppose there's a, an acceptance that we're, you are eight meters away. You're not stood on the back <laughs> foot and then creeping a meter, yeah, and yeah. just eating up so much space. And nobody's well, putting people in the rock anymore and stuff. And it's it's, I'm, it's not it doesn't make for miserable watching. I'm not saying that. It's just no,
2: but it's just it's it's things would be more like how people want them to be <laughs> in terms of like. Attacking rugby, etc. If like the laws that are already there were just enforced properly,
1: I think it's that thing people often talk about in cricket, where there's an issue over the past twenty years, twenty five years in particular, where it's no longer generally an equal contest between bat and ball. No. Nope. So everyone's batting averages has gone up. What forty used to be a brilliant batting average, it's now probably fifty. Fifty yeah. used to be an exceptional batting average, it's now probably expected. Um, mm. And I think. There's something about that in the in rugby for me. I think we need to be worried about the balance between attack and defense. Because if the refs going to call people, you know, you can, this is when you can run. We won't bother checking offside much. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah that's if anything. I'm, I'm happy to let the, op, the the breakdown stuff go if it's not a material effect stuff. But I think that that offside thing is something that if, if you're listening world rugby, then uh,
2: yeah, yeah. Well, it's just you know things like you look at baseball, a sport that both of us are tangentially, you know, fond of slash familiar, like,
1: Mm.
2: you know, it's never been, you know, easier to be a pitcher in baseball. Like, pitchers are throwing harder and faster than they ever have. Mm. And it's harder than ever to hit the baseball. Um, And so they're doing stuff, you know, they're, they're talking about making pitchers pitch more quickly. They're talking about, you know, Moving the height of the mound back a little bit, so that they can't because you know biomechanically things have changed
1: mm.
2: <laughs> and, and when somebody's fucking blasting you know a slider at you know ninety seven ninety eight miles an hour at you and you're trying to hit it with a tiny thin bit of wood it's, it's damn near fucking impossible mm. and and you know, people want to see. You know, into fairness to American sports, they understand. People want to see fucking offense. Yes. They don't want to see defense as much as defense is an important part of all games.
1: And we can all enjoy one of those types of games. And to be yeah. honest, the Scotland Wales is a bit like that, and I enjoyed it. Yeah. But it, it's not what you want your sport to become eighty percent of the time. I don't. As think. a rule, and I don't yeah. believe any even old schoolers. I don't think they really believe that either. No.
2: You know, the whole point of rugby is to, you know, and any sport is to see positive things. It's yeah why people love the people...
1: bar bars, isn't it? Because they fucking latch yeah. it around. Yeah.
2: People enjoy seeing positive things. You know, defence, as much as I love it, like... Defense is not a positive thing, you know. Defense is the destroying of somebody else's attempt to do something positive. <laughs> it's killing someone's you know. dreams, <laughs> yeah, exactly. two hundred
1: times a, a game. It's
2: killing dreams of tries at ever, you know, left, right, and center. And as much as that's laudable and important part of the game, it's yeah. not what we come to see. We, you know, you don't see bloody great, you know, defensive snuff-outs compilations on YouTube, do you? You, know, you see big see tackles, a few well, but a, yeah, you yeah. See a, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, you don't see. Yeah, you don't see brilliant defensive reads the world's greatest
1: yeah. out to win um blitz <laughs> top 20 yeah,
2: yeah exactly you don't see it um and that's something that rugby really needs to wrestle with in the next decade or so i think speaking um, really... of attack
1: and defense
2: <clears throat> yes
1: wales have scored less tries than italy i believe yeah yeah it's the same i think we scored nine apiece.
2: Oh, or maybe right, okay. they scored more on the weekend actually they probably have. But once it's... again,
1: massively out-ta- out-tackled their opponents and won. Yeah,
2: well, Sean Edwards is going to be massively missed. Like, I live in hope of Wales under Wayne Pivak turning into a team that doesn't quite so consistently depend on being utterly heroic in defence. But in the short to medium term, they're going to miss what he brings to the table and it's probably going to cost us a few games because it was epic, you know, 140 tackles in the second half. 47 between Tipper and Davidi alone which is fucking ridiculous but
1: Wales had the um, ball for about 29 <laughs> seconds in that second half yeah amazing and didn't score, point, amazing you know, didn't score a
2: point after the 30th minute and or until the whatever it was the one right at the end and you know even when Wales got loose and tired at the end like the cover tackling the ability to slow down the ball after clean breaks like it was again scarcely credible defence from Wales which is something of a a theme over the last decades with Wales under Sean Edwards, but it's it's definitely you know it can't last forever, can it? And like,
1: like, what do we do? It's a hell of a strategy, though, isn't it? I mean, it's yeah, yeah it's 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 a hell of a strategy to rely on long term, getting seven points up, and then just saying, All right, you have the ball, we'll yeah. just keep doing this for the next thirty five minutes. For
2: like, You know, to borrow yet yeah, another footballingism, it's sort of a Mourinho esque sort of you know, get a months, bunch of. Yeah. That, 1-0 up and park the bus sort of thing. And uh,
1: And I think a lot I of people say, oh, well, Wales did nothing that second half. So, what well, they did. They just defended. And that was actually their choice.
2: Yeah, But
1: that's the thing people don't understand. It's, like, it's not that they couldn't get the ball back. They weren't interested, I don't think, that yeah. much in getting the ball back. Well, it's like,
2: yeah, I mean, and that's frustrating in its own way as a Wales fan because it's just like, no, we fucking, they were a beaten team at half time. And if Wales had come out and scored another one before yeah. in the start of the second half, that would probably have been a fucking battering. And, you know, the fact that they, their tendency when they've sort of got a decent lead is to become very passive and to just say, come on then, it's fine. but And they obviously back their fitness and they back their organisation and they back their system. But
1: Will it win a World Cup? That's the thing. Because that's what you are going to be talking about now. Yeah. If you win a Grand Slam next week, if England, Wales win a Grand Slam next week, then you go to the summit. Really, the next thing is the World Cup. And if you have to believe, if you're the best team in Europe, off the back of a Grand Slam, that you want to win a World Cup.
2: Yeah. And I suppose well, the question...
1: Gonna, the, the big, we're not going to win
2: a Grand Slam, so don't worry about
1: it. Oh, okay, well, you would say that. But, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> we know what I mean.
2: Yeah, no, it's, I completely agree. Like, You know, we, we this Wales team has enjoyed being under the radar for fucking ages. To be honest, like it, ever since the end of the Six Nations last year, nobody's really given Wales any kind of credit for anything until they beat England, you know. And even now, it seems like there's a bit of a sort of eye roll and a tut at the notion of Wales winning a Grand Slam it's this not, year. It's not a
1: vintage this... year, is it? No, not it's that classic. Not...
2: <clears throat> yeah, except the fact that. England and Ireland are both really good teams and even I said that
1: when England won the Grand Slam so I can't Yeah. It.
2: And I you know, I don't think this is a, I, don't know, I think it's a it's a pretty good year it's a very competitive year.
1: Everybody's playing similar rugby.
2: Yeah. But,
1: you know, you if you're the best at the game that you're playing then that's the end of that. Yeah. The worry the worry thing is is that it's the old the the great dark spectre of the All Blacks, isn't it? Can this type yeah. of play Yeah. The All are we going to are we Probably going not. to
2: hold out for you know, attacking like we have, <clears throat> which, you know, has been actually quite decent at times. You know, Wales' ability to put it through the phases and actually score and be quite clinical with it has I'm been patient. something... I'm patient, patient with it, yeah, has been, has been quite impressive this tournament. The problem is that they've not done it for any... Le- you know, they've done it for 15, 20 minutes here and there, and then they've just gone, well, should we just tackle for an hour? And, you know, it'll be, you know, I, I don't, I'm not convinced that... What's this? It's the ball. What? <laughs> I'm not interested in that. <laughs> <Stop laughs> You're giving it to me. Kick it away. We've got more tackling to do with it. And, you know, you look at the way that Ireland, you know, are sort of the masters of patient recycling and holding onto the ball forever until something breaks. Like, you know, that's why I, I'm, you know, saying Wales aren't winning a grandstand this weekend because, you know, Ireland are the ideal team to sort of stretch a defence like Wales is to its limit because they won't give up the ball and Wales will eventually make, you know, Scotland proved on the weekend, even though they only scored one try, any, you know, no matter how good that Welsh defence was, eventually, you know, Jonathan Davis is going to miss a, he's going to fly out of the line at the wrong moment and miss an assignment and a try is going to happen. Yeah.
1: yeah,
2: And, And Ireland are the perfect team to expose that and the All Blacks are even better at it. So, yeah, I wouldn't, you know, Wales are a good team. Wales could go relatively far in this World Cup. They should certainly get to the quarterfinals, maybe even make it to the semis. But, you know, I'm still not... They still look like a very one-dimensional team too much of the time. And and I think it's probably going to get found out on the weekend. But, you know, it's been quite a quite an enjoyable quite a ride. yeah. To be honest, it would be a perfect epitaph for Warren Gatlin's kind of whole Wales tenure, really, wouldn't it? It's like.
1: It probably would. The the
2: defence is, you know, ultimately, they've never quite achieved the potential that they should have achieved because while the defence and everything else has been roundly excellent, they can't seem to actually manage to fucking score tries properly.
1: Uh, A couple of things that I. To finish on this, Mm. one, Wales only lost one line out this week. I call yeah. that progress. we have to call yeah, that I progress, book. don't we? Let's well, get a big lad in. It's fine. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, another thing that was very, very—I don't know if you might have this in good or something. I suppose nobody's mentioned it. Did you see Ross Moriarty trying to mark a kickoff? yes I did it was fucking hilarious he <laughs> put his hand up and went oh shit no, I can't, most can't most do that can I can't the commentator's going no he's decided he wants to take it in no he hasn't he's realising he's he not allowed to matter. do that he's made a right twat of himself <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also speaking of making a, of being a complete twat do you want to hear Jeremy Guskey being a cunt always always because Scotland Hardly fired a shot the whole game, at least in the second half today. They've got the game back to, to an extent. They got into scoring opportunities. they got a very, very good try, but they just didn't have the ability to convert the other chances. What can he do? Come on, if you're in that second half, doesn't that make it even more disappointing <laughs> that you couldn't
2: do it in the first oh, half? Oh, exactly. that's <laughs> that is epic country.
1: Country.
2: <laughs> I mean, I respect it because, you know. It was a load of swaddle being spoken to the But come on. There was a slight a pause
1: fucking, in between whoopee and of... do. What he probably, yeah, I think, whoopee, whoopee do. fucking do. Which one <laughs> he would he want to do? But it was a... <laughs> and it's just like, all right, you're probably not wrong, Jerry, but come on. Still, yeah, don't be a bell end about it, mate.
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, I just, in all honesty, as a Wales fan, I just like a quiet fucking week without any bullshit. And,
1: and again, you know, nice build up. Few player and, interviews.
2: Yeah, and and just whatever happens next weekend happens. I don't think it's going to be particularly good, but you know, whatever, we'll see how it goes.
1: I'm I'm finding it virtually impossible to call.
2: It's there, it, you know. It's very closely. They're they're two very very evenly matched teams. And Wales
1: have kept everybody fit, haven't they? This is that's another thing that goes unremarked mm. upon. But Ireland
2: have got everybody back. That's true. <laughs> yeah.
1: Apart from Falateo, obviously, that that will make yes. a difference to that team. Imagine that team with Falatao back in it. Everyone's forgetting yeah, that, by
2: the way. Yeah, that's true, actually.
1: So Ross Moriarty has a reputation
2: as being kind of a big ball carrier. Yeah,
1: he's not
2: really. He's not a dynamic ball carrier in the way that I think a lot of us thought he's, he was.
1: He's an energy-sapping ball carrier, I think.
2: Yeah, he runs very hard. And he runs and a lot. And, he, and he's very hard to bring it an extra
1: them. second to take him yeah. down. I think that's and what he's it is.
2: He's a monster on defence, and he's yeah. just a absolute prick
1: and it's i often make this point his hands are much better than people yeah 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 as far as an eight goes his hands are very good actually he can get stuff mm-hmm. out of the tackle and he's not frightened in possession if he finds no, himself in he middle it kind of of doesn't good, worry him
2: it makes him a good substitute for falatel in a way because kind obviously isn't an inverted commas big carrier either but he's a very intelligent carrier
1: he does it's the feet isn't it it's, it's the step before forward. contact that takes him <laughs> that, and i don't Footwork. mean like flying like james robinson i mean it's just enough to get the weak shoulder and get you that extra form five yeah. meters, it makes hell of a difference. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, sorry Scotland, but well, you're gonna go to Twickenham next.
2: Well, yeah. What's left of Scotland? You're gonna go to Twickenham to go. with
1: a West Island White Terrier on the wing or something.
2: Yeah, and uh, with England playing last and knowing that if they beat you, they're gonna win the Six Nations. Mm-hmm. So.
1: And we England, we smash now. That's what we yeah. do. Yeah. Strap in. Uh, We'll talk about uh, England in a minute. Let's go to Ireland and France, shall
2: we? Yeah, uh, a scoreline that should live on in infamy. (laughs) Has Um, there
1: ever been a more flattering twelve-point gap
2: in your? (laughs) They shouldn't have been allowed to keep those two tries for this. Like, world rugby should have got involved for the sake of karmic balance, and just gone. No, no, no,
1: no. I can't. I'm ruling them out. Sorry, this is like ice skating now. Artistic impression. You're getting zero for artistic (laughs) impression. I cannot in good conscience
2: allow this to happen. The actual
1: uh, gap was more like 12 squared.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Like, honestly, it's rare that a team not called Italy make it that easy.
1: I mean, Ireland, a, as a, you've a, said, b- b- as you said before, Ireland are a throttling side. Yeah. But what in the blue fuck was that? Well, France? That
2: France might have literally, like, actually just... As, as the ref blew the whistle for kickoff, they might as well have all just actually laid down on the pitch on their backs, pulled their shirts up, and literally exposed their tummies. For all the like, like Ireland should be embarrassed about conceding those last two tries because a niling is exactly what that performance deserved. Like, what's less, they should have actually had negative numbers. Like,
1: it was just pathetic.
2: Yeah, in every it should have been like f-
1: QI for every bad decision they made. They should have <laughs> lost the point. <laughs> I reckon. Honestly, I reckon France could have basically just sat down and had a chat, and just watched France slowly work themselves back into their own twenty-two. Anyway, I think yeah, that's what would have happened. Just, and then they'd have probably yeah. like I don't know wedged each other or something. Yeah. Well,
2: Ireland could literally have just sat in a in a huddle on you know the twenty-two meter line, and the French would not have run around them. They would not. They would still bafflingly just try to run through them, like <laughs> while
1: knocking the ball on or throwing needless passes. It was or a brilliant And Ficky just That's kicked the ball shit. through, and he went. Ooh, some of the creative touches there from He was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> he's literally just hacked but, the ball through. Look, he's had his one game
2: every two years where he like, honestly, like I'm saying honestly too much, but fuck me. They are. Hey, at least you're not disgrace. saying therein lies
1: the rub. Fucking therein, li- <laughs>
2: therein does lie the rub. That this French team for, can look moderately acceptable when you know you're Scotland and you basically just don't try to exploit any of their weaknesses while actively maximising all of their strengths. But if a grown-up team with actual fucking sensible tactics just comes on and just goes, well, yeah, we'll just fucking run at them until one of them does something stupid and then we'll score a try. was basically the game plan for a lot of that oh, game. Antoine, was the point well. looked so
1: good, didn't he? And then really just did not at all... Oh, I mean, you well, know, let's be fair, he there wasn't like, much he go did, forward like, for him, but...
2: No, but after he got absolutely fucking demolished by James Ryan behind his own line, you could just see that it's like, right, yeah, you're... You... You've had any fight smashed out of you or onto the fucking Aviva Stadium? That there. was
1: <laughs> a lot of people are saying how brilliant that was. I do think that was it was. It looked great, but there was more. If you look, both Dupont's feet left the ground.
2: Yeah, he, he was, was already falling. He
1: was he was up. No, he was up in the air. I think ready to land and trying to step at the point he got yeah. hit. So he was basically, <laughs> basically, Ryan was basically falling forwards onto an object yeah. floating in space. So you know it was it was. <laughs>
2: Ladies and gentlemen he is not floating in space for much longer.
1: <laughs> yes. uh, yeah.
2: I mean I don't believe that uh Patrice Leg- uh, Legasque is it? The uh, the the man the internet tells you is uh the France defence and backs coach combined role. I mean um,
1: it's it's a big question isn't it? Yeah.
2: Legasque Leg- uh, whatever whatever however you pronounce that I haven't seen any evidence of either defence or back play. Of, of any
1: coaching whatsoever no well yeah
2: i think i, gen- I genuinely think he is a tax fiddle patrice <laughs> isn't a real person he's, he's just an alias that Jacques brunel uses a, to get some more cash out of the ffr he's, he's a and,
1: mafia no-show job yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: exactly that like if any human with a functioning brain actually was in that job they'd surely like there'd be some evidence of either defense or back play
1: but we've had neither like has he just been phoning in sick And anything that's been good has been just basically a couple of talented individuals doing something reasonably functional, like the one last week. You know,
2: it's something you can arguably say about England at the weekend as well. It's like there wasn't a lot of evidence of pattern. There was an awful lot of individuals doing very good things.
1: I mean, Italy was so Um, bad. We'll come on to that in a minute. But but yeah, yeah,
2: but like, but in France, you know, it was very, 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 very occasionally an individual does something good and something. Moderately exciting happens and then something stupid happens and they fuck it up.
1: I think except even, for
2: right at the end.
1: Even a Driscoll made the point at half time that how the hell did Johnny Sexton manage to do a run around five meters from the French line? How are they crazy. not rushing out to how some, the fuck how, out of imagine, everything?
2: You imagine, like, I could be you know, this could be me making myself a very silly ear, but if he tries that in that position next week. Jonathan Davis is going to come out of that line like an Exocet missile and break him in half.
1: Whether he gets the ball or not.
2: Whether he gets the ball
1: or not, because it'll be a free fucking go at the fly-off. And Yeah, and please, we're not seeking to injure anybody. The (laughs) point is, it'll just be, don't try and run around there, because you're just going to get banged. What will fucking happen? And because that's what...
2: Teams with defenses you've done a bit of analysis do they go? Oh, he's trying that wraparound thing for the seven millionth
1: time. Or you just do what a normal defense does and blitz up in that channel. It can't happen. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just it's very it's, difficult.
2: Yeah, because there's a large man standing there.
1: Yeah, <laughs> go back and think again.
2: Yeah, yeah. There's fifteen stone of John Davis just going hello. Please stone. throw the ball to me. It's your not Blair
1: King on, Calm down.
2: <laughs> <Bety> on. <laughs> It is just, yeah. I mean, honestly, though, Ireland do look um, more like themselves now, I think. Mm. But uh, it still isn't quite there.
1: There's like, a lot of kind of clever technical decision making, I think. You know, re- mm. d- um, intelligent kicks, going wide in a very sensible manner. Yeah. Through the forwards, good line out moves, all the stuff you expect from them, really. Back to.
2: Yeah. And then they sort of butchered quite a lot of promising chances by just making silly mistakes and not really communicating. And to be honest with you, if not for France's absolutely suicidal defence and general shambolicness, that game could have been a lot closer. But equally, if they'd been a bit more of a composure and precision about those things that they did, it could have been an absolutely fucking all-time epic hammer. And I also think,
1: not some sympathy, because people should play well, but when it's that easy, because it really (laughs) fucking was that easy, you know, the best one in the world, it must be so hard to... Get your game face on, and yeah. properly. You when you're, know, or your game when you're, brain on. Shall you're we say.
2: provided with absolutely nothing, even vaguely resembling opposition. You know, it's like it's almost like you can think too hard. You know, like they're expecting a certain level of hard, like of defensive challenge, and they are instead getting. An absolute swing door in every year. <laughs> sort of like I think it's about you know you, know, you pick... like the running into it's like the forward, when the forward runs into a wide open space and doesn't have a fucking clue what to do with it because he's never expected to be there. It's like it was so easy they almost didn't understand how to It's
1: like I it. spent the entire game picking up a can of coke that was empty when he thought it was full. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> 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 when it kind of flies above you, you look a bit yeah. stupid. Yeah. Oh. Oh, because you yeah. expect it to be much heavier.
2: Yeah, it was, I think a, there was
1: a bit of that. Yeah. yeah,
2: lifting up a box that you assume has got something heavy
1: in it yeah. so you you know, you break it all you, off balance you, bend, and you, you lift it to high. It not oh, you, but... yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so all that missing. that's what yeah. the problem was. So you've still managed yeah. to lift it up and you've still managed to get the job done, Yeah, but you it's not quite as adroit as it should be.
2: Yeah, when you miss, you know, you assume there's only one step left at the bottom of the stairs, but there's actually two and you sort of do a a weirdly exaggerated it's still fine. You still make it to the bottom of the stairs, but you've made yourself look a little bit of a prat by doing it. Um, maybe that's just me.
1: Speaking of a bit, a bit of a prat, bless him. What was wrong with Gordon Darcy on, on Sunday? Oh, Seriously, yeah. what was wrong with him? I mean, he's a bit dull, but he's 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 mm. never that bad. And I have I think like I have thing. I have a slight bit of sympathy for him in that I think he absolutely mangled a metaphor right early on, which I tweeted about when he sort what did he talk about? He was. Fortune fortunes the bold he said in the end after mangling it for about five minutes.
2: <laughs> um, Wait,
1: that's the thing. It's,
2: it's It's the equivalent of like you know of any player coming on and you know you want to get that big tackle in early doors. You know you want to you want to set the tone. You know as a commentator you want to get your first like a goal kicker wants to hit that wants the first goal kick to be straight in front of the post so they can get themselves in their rhythm. Yeah. You want to you want that first metaphor to be easy. You want it to be nice and straightforward. You don't want it to be over the top. You just want to get it out there, sounds snappy, sounds incisive, and then you can get on with it and you're in the rhythm. You don't want it to be really laboured. You don't want it to be all over the place. You don't want to totally fucking butcher it.
1: And his was all of those things. All of
2: those things. (laughs) You know, that's the experience that, you know... I'm assuming from a player's point
1: of view, it must have been like knocking your first two passes on. It must have been like being Hugo Monnier at fullback versus Argentina, where your first two catches are so diabolical, you think, oh, I can't fucking do this, but I've got to keep playing. And I think there was an element of that with Darcy. I think he was then, he was so tense then throughout the rest <laughs> of the game that he just kept balls and everything up. So I've got some sympathy because, you know, we do this. This is not live in front of millions of people. We yeah. do sometimes, yeah. you can't find yeah. the word you're looking for and you end yeah. up saying that. A number of times I've listened back and gone, fucking hell, I said the wrong word there, sort of thing. And then, Oh, yeah. And you don't even clock you doing it sometimes, but
2: yeah, or you just you know if you fuck if we fuck up the first joke or the first metaphor or whatever, we just not that that's you know,
1: ever happened. Obviously, not that that's ever
2: happened. But honestly, we're just like.
1: But uh, I did love the fact that um, that ref Ben O'Keefe is it, mm. who let's can I just be very clear? There's a lot of people comparing him to Steve Walsh, and can I just say get the get right out of fucking town?
2: No, both in only, terms of charisma.
1: Handsomeness and overall presence. He's nowhere fucking near. This this yep. this young yep. interloper.
2: He hasn't tattoos or anything.
1: Shoot that fox now. And anyway, <laughs> when he did that he did that massive, massive long lecture to Gerardo. Yeah. And then and saying basically, if any more of your players go in off the feet, somebody's got yellow cards. And he walked off and Darcy went. Well, the ref can't be any clearer than that. It's like, well, he could, he could speak he could, in French. He could speak in fucking or French. Or even, or even if you're not going to speak in French, just try and moderate your language a little bit. Yeah, try because to he because he is literally like this. is The third or fourth time he's been coming <laughs> of the thirteenth circle of the rock and the fourth one, and this isn't going to work if you're fourth <laughs> in entrance. And he, and Gerardo's like nodding, going, fucking, I'm oh. right, <laughs> going to clue him." Right, Now go and, glancing to
2: his side and going, oh. I "Go and tell your team,"
1: and he goes back there. What did he say again? Not fucking idea. you had a safe part. No probably, idea. we
2: we'll probably tidy up. Just keep yeah. fucking
1: going head first into the rock, yeah. and it'll be fine.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean it did it's it, some people did point out that uh Wayne Barnes was ref in the Prem this weekend. And it's like Wayne Barnes is bilingual. Could we not just
1: Isn't he winding it down now, Wayne Barnes? He is. season, it?
2: And I I do appreciate that they desperately need to fucking find some other half decent refs. Because there's not many at the moment. No, but, but still, I mean, well, he, he was okay. Okay, he
1: was okay. He, he was, was just, fine. But yeah,
2: like in that that literally that specific situation, could we not have the only bloody bilingual ref that is? Or give French? him
1: some directions to speak a bit more clearly? Yeah, he's, if you're a ref, Nigel's the same, and he's fucking yeah. rambling on in the same like with the same yeah. cadence and everything that he'd speak to somebody from Trim Sarin. And he's, he's, he's talking to, you know, Pascal Pape or something.
2: Yeah, honestly, if you're a professional bloody rugby referee and you're ref at international level or international standard, I genuinely don't think it's really acceptable that you can't learn the very basics of your yeah, trade. A
1: functional amount
2: in yeah. French and Spanish,
1: and because even that's, Japanese. Uh,
2: and maybe, yeah, and Japanese. Although, to be fair, most of the Japanese national team are
1: from Scotland. <laughs> so.
2: but, I yeah, think you when you're
1: dealing with countries where English isn't a recognised sort of first or second language, like France, it's like, you know. You
2: should absolutely, you know, you just need to learn to communicate. Like, it's you don't have to say much as a referee, you know, despite what Nigel Owens might make lead you to believe. As a referee, you don't need to talk to the players that much.
1: No, you could you just, just to say, tell them to
2: stop yeah. doing something. You
1: should be able to learn to say no more off feet, yeah, or one of your players is off. <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean or, that's. <laughs>
2: oh yeah, or your man drop bind at scrum every time, no more.
1: You know, yes. people you call the Romans. About... They go to the house. Yeah, <laughs> what does that say? It says Romans go out. No, it doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> Monty Python, everyone.
2: Yeah. Um, uh, Honest, like it's just too much. Like, can we just not have that? Because I hate it. I hate looking, seeing a, like an Argentinian or a French <laughs> player just standing there, being lectured in a language he hasn't got a fucking clue in. Because it just pisses well, being right.
1: respectful and nodding, but I we'll still
2: being respectful go, and nodding mm-hmm, because yes, it's, mm-hmm. it's like he, the referee is disrespecting you by talking to you in a language he doesn't. You don't fucking understand.
1: I just, like, lo- I just, just love somebody like Cravy or grado to just say in their own language. What I don't, have a, I don't have a clue what you're saying, sir. I can't yeah. explain that to my players. So I don't. What do we do with that then?
2: And also, <laughs> fuck
1: off because you can't <laughs> understand what I'm saying. I reckon they got that, couldn't they? <laughs> yeah. So anyway, there you go. That was Ireland, France. Yeah. France play Italy next. Yeah. Who knows? Well, well, they've lost. Well, they kept the same team this week, so I reckon it's going to be what they're going to do. Be able to do more changes than as I reckon they'll change twenty-seven players somehow.
2: Yeah, yeah. Because it's Frank. <laughs> well they'll have they'll have like two or three late withdrawals and it'll end up actually being like ten It'd yeah, be insane. like
1: like you know, in Scotland they've got more injured players than there are players in Scotland. Yeah. That's somehow that somehow managed to contrive that situation. It'd be like that. <laughs> England fifty seven, Italy
2: fourteen. <sighs> what a pointless fucking game this was.
1: Honest, like, England, Jeff, fair play to England. How can it be pointless when it demonstrated that Joe Cock and a singer is going to win the World Cup for England? How can it be oh. pointless And that's obviously what it showed?
2: Yeah, that if whole, you read
1: some people what people that, are saying.
2: That Joe Cock and a singer is the English Joe thing that I've seen in at least two reputable newspapers
1: today. Get fucked with that. Seriously. They never say it about white wingers, do they? No. <laughs> Have you like, noticed that? And I don't yeah, think there'd be a delivery raise, but it's just interesting. Nobody ever says it about... Yeah. Well, they said it about Steve Hanley, Hanley actually, to be fair. Yes, they did, about
2: it. But, like, it's not just premature. It's just lazy and patronising and a bit reductive to both men, to be honest. Let Thokken Seeger be his own player.
1: And also, Stop nobody's letting... like John he was He was basically an X-Man. Yeah, yeah.
2: He was some sort of fucking strange <laughs> alien rugby genius. Like... Every big Polynesian lad you see is not the new Lomo, you absolute bell ends. Chill out. <laughs> also, George North has scored like fifteen international tries by the time he was caught fucking his age. So Oh
1: chill now out. it comes out. Now we know why you're really pissing. <laughs> now we see. Right, okay. Yeah, why is he being called the new George North? Yeah. Um I think Ten test tries a, before he's twenty, that's all I'm saying. That's a perfect example, really, of um, like everything, the narrative attempting to be spun from this game is generally nonsensical. Yeah, the only narrative you
2: can take out of it is that England are brilliant flat track bullies.
1: It must be said, well, they've never been beaten long. by Italy because we generally put them away. Yeah,
2: it's not something we worry uh, England, about. England are good at beating te- like in like there are a few teams that that enjoy giving a hammering to a like. Inferior and unmotivated team like England. Like, it's not a criticism because if Wales were better at it, they might be winning the Six Nations
1: next weekend well,
2: instead of. It's not criticism do... at
1: all. They do do this very well. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like, if Wales were better at battering teams that were better, that they were much better than, like, we might win the Six Nations this weekend instead of, like, inevitably losing to Ireland and not having anything to show for it and finishing third. Like, <laughs> we talk about, like, personalities of teams sometimes and, like, there's an inherent sort of meanness, I think, to an English rugby team's psyche yeah. that when they smell blood and when they think, we can have a fucking good time here, lads, they absolutely relish it and they're ruthless.
1: You give us a metaphorical and... face to stamp on and we'll never tire of doing it. Basically. <laughs> no, yeah,
2: <exactly. laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I think another thing, Eddie got his team selection spot on in that he picked all of the big boys but I don't know how he ever picks that team again for anything useful. It's like... Yeah, there is an element of
1: what are you trying to understand achieved. here. Yeah.
2: It's like you pick, you know, in American football, you call it the jumbo set, you know? Like you pick two centres that are the size of fucking oak trees and you pick the biggest winger you can find. So,
1: Eddie, what's this, sele- what's this selection for? Well, I found this video on YouTube called Breaking Madden." <laughs> with a bloke yeah, called they, Clarence they, Beef Tank they, they, and I'm trying to, I'm basically trying to do that for my entire team <laughs> this is this is the Beef Tank isn't it <laughs> the Beef pick. Tank Gambit yeah. it will be <laughs> known as this forever <laughs> <Yeah.
2: laughs> there's your name for this week's podcast I'm literally about to write it down the <laughs> Beef Tank Gambit oh, uh, but honestly if if he picked that centre combination next week against Scotland, even with all of their fucking comedy injury list, I reckon Finn and Glacial Gregg would just chip over the top of them and go around them because they're very big lads.
1: And Ben Taylor did very, they not very lot, little.
2: Yeah, they're big lads with not very good turning circles and not a lot of, you know, big they're... And let's I not really forget.
1: I mean, you know, it's hard to really explain exactly how plop Italy were. On they Saturday. were fucking dreadful. They, they were, were absolutely dreadful.
2: And some people are actually trying to credit Italy with playing rugby. Like, oh, you, know, you know, they turned up to throw it around a bit. They didn't turn up to do, you know, to do the fox thing again or whatever. And it's like, oh, I wish they fucking had. Yeah, Well, is that the bar that we're setting? That Italy turned up and didn't actively try to stop a game of rugby from happening <laughs> is somehow laudable and
1: worthy of credit. Gonna, it reminds me of like Pops you get those, old, those old blokes used to say to their missus, Hey, and I've never fucking whacked you, have I? <laughs> so, hang on. You're not supposed to whack people. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, you don't get credit for not whacking your wife. It is the you know the seminal Chris
2: Rock sketch that I'm not going to do an impression of, but it's like the I look after my kids. That's what you're supposed oh, yes, to do.
1: Yeah, indeed, yes, indeed.
0: Yeah.
2: You know, yeah, you are supposed to play rugby when you step onto an international rugby field. You're also supposed to try and not lose if possible. And Italy did absolutely nothing to stop that at all. Conor O'Shea basically just went, I'm going to make a point here.
0: Hmm.
2: I'm gonna demonstrate that we are fucking miles off. So so physically that, certainly. So that something will presumably happen.
1: But I think again get my point about the narrative, England you know, England are not fifty seven fourteen beating Italy better than Wales were with their diabolical position beating Italy. Do you know what I mean? So there's nothing yeah. to say here. There's nothing it's to say a, about single a Singer looks a promising player. Um, he's big. He's quick. He seems to have a little bit of the magic about him in terms of yeah. some of his offloading. He doesn't seem to be frightened, which is really good. Apart yeah, from when you try and interview him, and he's the most yeah. adorable thing in the world if you try to interview yeah, him. Definitely. By the way, um, however, he's still got some problems going backwards, and there's a lot of tests to come. You know.
2: Yeah, and he, um, you know he's 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 a handful. He's going to be a brilliant player.
1: Hmm. Uh,
2: and he needs to stop carrying the ball like a loaf of bread cuz did was it
1: Japan in the autumn he did exactly the same
2: yeah and it's like i don't care how big your hands are somebody is going to knock one out today <laughs> <laughs> judging by the I mean, English you know, his offloads press,
1: are good, but I wouldn't go Judging that far, by the English
2: Rugby Press this morning. Oh, no, yeah, it's true, yeah. So, somebody, yeah. somebody put but, a sheet
1: um, down, and he's done a one-handed yeah. offload. But that's sort of thing, <laughs> but actually, the yeah. ITV Punditry panel seemed to forget he played in the autumn. They would talk about this like yeah. it was his first cap. It was really strange.
2: It was, it was the first one they bothered watching <laughs> yeah. because they didn't bother to watch England-Japan. <laughs> because despite what Sir Clive might make out, he... He's not really paying that much attention to rugby and hasn't done since roughly five minutes after fucking the Lions tour went to shit. But um, Actually, to be honest, you, he stopped paying attention after two thousand and three because, judging by his Lions tour selection, anyway.
1: But the point I was making, the what I was making about the mm. narrative, Italy yes. aren't this bad either. Mm. You know, Italy Bennett on are building something. Italy have generally been, well, no, have always been the worst team in the tournament. Yes. They've always roughly won the same amount of games, roughly scored the same amount of points, and roughly conceded the same amount, as I demonstrated when I got annoyed on Twitter. <laughs> and people said yeah. they were better then. Well, they weren't, though, were they? Yeah, all right, they might have looked better. They had, they had Castro, they had Diego Dominguez, they had certain better players. But the results were exactly the same, generally speaking, apart from 2013 when they won two, 2008, I think, when they won two. Yeah. Generally speaking, it's been a roller coaster of mediocrity.
2: Yeah, they're not a very good team. There is no such. People say, "Oh, they're in the Six Nations. They're a tier one team." The the tier one, tier two thing is fucking bullshit. There is the teams that were strong and. I wish you'd have just finished your point. There, that'd be nice. Yeah. I
1: have no more to say about
0: that.
2: (laughs) Bid you good day. Uh, (laughs) Do you know what? I will. Fuck it. There we go.
1: Brilliant! Hey, I'm going to try this more often. Just let you finish (laughs) and make you finish a point on an absolute.
2: Uh, uh, (laughs) uh, Yeah, no, there was the teams that were like strong when the game went professional and made hay, i.e., New Zealand, South Africa, Australia, and the old Five Nations. And there's everybody else, and no amount of pats on the head and bringing them into the fold of Argentina and Georgia and Italy and Fiji and Samoa and all of these other, you know there's never, there's structural reasons why things are the way they are Yes, and 20 years of Italy in the Six Nations has not changed that because they weren't there to get their fucking noses in the trough first in 1996, or 1995 I should say, you know it's and people castigating Italy for it when it's not really their fault yeah they probably should be better now but Everybody else has got better as well. Everybody else has got more money. It's like.
1: That's the thing that people forget. It's isn't not it?
2: zero. It's not like we've given them suddenly the same amount of money as England. And it's England different.
1: have stopped trying. Yeah. Since, yeah. Yeah. since yeah. the year 2000. We're perfectly yeah, every... happy with where we're at now. Let's just yeah, let Italy yeah. catch up. Yeah. The
2: rest of rugby has not plateaued. You know, if they had, then Italy might be winning well the Six Nations by now. But the rest of rugby has got better at roughly the same rate that Italy have, which is why there's been no change. Finn. Finn. Yeah.
1: As uh, Ralph Wignutt and the pub used to go when he was finished. <laughs> that was the end of his point. Right, so, should we move on to shit good?
2: Yeah, let's do that.
1: Are we doing shit first?
2: Yeah. Gareth Davis.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> like, some people honestly tried to tell me on, on Saturday that Wales intentionally repeated uh, gareth davis repeatedly box kicking without any kind of guard set up around the ruck and getting charged down constantly uh was on purpose that's like honestly that's like walking into a job interview with your dick hanging out on purpose it's suicidal it's stupid it doesn't really make any sense so yeah uh, he's done it constantly all tournament like there's no guard around the ruck he box kicks, he gets charged down, and somehow it hasn't been a try yet. It probably will be
1: next week. Yeah. I think Joe Schmidt may notice that. Yeah, I think so. He, I've, I've heard he's all right on detail, Joe. Yeah, if someone as fucking useless as me can notice it and get incredibly annoyed about it, then I'm pretty sure Joe has. James Reese also got annoyed because he said, shit, is the commentator saying that a bouncing ball confused Gareth Davis when we all know that he's confused by the opening of a tub of Pringles, said James. Bless him. Oh, dear. His skin fade was too long this week as well. He's letting the scrub half side down with that.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, shit. Uh, I'd like to thank Reese Knott for bringing this to my attention mm-hmm. that of the 205 tackles that France made in a sterling defensive effort, zero yeah. were made and zero were missed by their fullback. So Ramos didn't even attempt attempt to do a tackle. Of the 205 tackles, the fullback didn't attempt to even make one. Which you have to admit is staggering.
2: Staggering.
1: Now, interestingly,
2: genuinely staggering.
1: uh, Interestingly, fullbacks make less tackles than you think. When you look at the actual stats, they probably only make about three or four tackles. They make important
2: tackles. Yes. Visible tackles. That's what they've got to be ready to go at
1: all times, haven't they? But, um, Daly made no tackles either, but you can understand why Elliot Daly (laughs) made no tackles, can't you? Because he he was never really defending. Whereas obviously France would, the Italian fullback, who was in a similar situation to Mr. Ramos, Mm. made eight tackles and missed three. Yeah, I mean, so Jaden Hayward made eight, missed three. You would expect Ramos to have something approaching those figures, wouldn't you? Yeah, one. But even one fine. So, what on yeah. earth was he doing? He was basically just jogging
2: from one side <laughs> of the field to the other and then allowing people to run past him, I assume. <laughs> yeah. But it's just it's that, that to me speaks.
1: Garbage Ozier
2: 2.0, yeah. Just, I speak to absolute volumes about how bad their positioning was because it, that means that he wasn't even in place to make the tackle when the line break happened, which is staggering. But yeah. therein lies the French defence at the moment. It's generally staggering.
1: Yes, and staggered. Um, yeah, and all over the place. Yes. <laughs> what else have we got? This shit.
2: Uh, I'm really sorry about it, but Blair Kinghorn. Like I know I've been, I've talked him up so much oh. over the last couple of months. This was always going to happen, wasn't it? But you know, he kicked loose, loosely. He got to make, he got made look a little bit silly by Josh Adams for the try, and then he got injured. It was, uh, yeah, a bit of shit, to be honest. Both shit What He for could him do
1: with and... fucking dropping some of that weight. <laughs> yeah. I <yeah, he's, laughs> don't know where he's carrying it, but clearly. I think he's got a really big arse. That's entirely possible. Um, What else have we got that's shit? Ryan Hill gets in touch. He said his shit is Pascal Gozaire literally rewarding Scotland for their inability to catch and hold the rugby ball without dropping it by not calling anything forward. Everything is backwards in Pascal Gozaire's world, isn't it? Anytime anybody drops a ball, backwards, backwards. backwards. It's like, are you sure about that? Every single gear in his car is reverse because everything (laughs) is backwards.
2: Uh, Angelo Esposito. like, Fucking hell, mate. I know a man who takes some stopping, but try. At least try.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, What else we got? Matt Norman. Oh, my old mate, Matt. am Matt. He said, uh, shit, Jake Ballsack and referees and assistants officiating of offsides at Rooks. Was Jake Ball that bad? I don't remember. No,
2: I mean, if you want to get into this, Scotland were offside in every fucking rock in that game. But as <laughs> we've said before, nobody's bothering anymore. So you speaking
1: know. of Scotland, Graham Love, digital animator. Oh no, sorry, oh. stop motion animator extraordinaire and long suffering gets in touch. He's but not it,
2: had a fun. He's not had a fun
1: tournament. He's not. So he's he's taken to having a go at the merger instead, hasn't he? Because you know you've got to find <laughs> your amusement somewhere, yeah.
2: You've, you? you've got to. T- yeah.
1: And he said, "Shit is our perpetual injury crisis, Scotland. Yeah, shit is being a Scotland fan, and shit is the fact the England game is the very last game of the tournament, so there's nothing to put the taste away afterwards. There's not even, yeah. <laughs> so I, yeah,
2: yeah, that's going to be shit, isn't it? I've I've danced that particular dance. It's horrible. <laughs> yeah. you're, you're grumpy until about mid-April.
1: <laughs> ben Parker gets in touch. He said, "Shit is France's halfbacks' lack of awareness in their own twenty-two, and generally." Francis, the halfbacks' lack of awareness in their own in-goal area is beti- never mind a <laughs> Frank, twenty-two. Frank's
2: their their lack of awareness of their own existence. Really, <laughs> the lack of like...
1: awareness of the game of rugby and its yeah. fundamental requirements <laughs> is a <laughs> um,
2: shit. For me, moving away from the Six Nations very Ooh, briefly, well, like... uh, is somebody's trying to take our beloved Sunwolves away? Honestly, okay. fuck those guys. That's the well, Sunwolves are. Unless it's, going to
1: the, unless it's going to the Pacific Islands I'm not interested
2: no they're precious and special and they're not even as bad as they used to be yeah so leave them alone
1: there's not there's there's not enough about rugby that doesn't make any sense at all yeah I and can't to lose cling the onto it.
2: and the Sunwolves <laughs> in the same season alright don't take this away from me
1: uh, what else we've got is shit Patricia gets in touch she says she, she says shittily <laughs> I like that I swear, That's yeah, really you good. did this last week you yeah. did a play of words last week yeah very yeah. good Although, that being said, I still fancied him to win next week, she says. Yeah. It'd be fucking funny. You can't tell a lie. It has shut, shut up the Italy are terrible and can never win again.
2: Um, yeah, because the reality be able, is, maybe. if you put Georgia on the pitch against England last week, that probably would have been even worse.
1: Would would Georgia have lost, by the, it's all conjecture, but would Georgia have lost by the same margin as Italy? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Maybe in a slightly probably different worse. manner. But yeah. I think the score would have been the same.
2: Yeah, maybe even
1: worse. Uh, Ewan McKenzie gets in touch. He says, shit is Gordon Darcy's verbal diarrhea. Yeah, he said the low light being, and yeah. I don't remember this one. He said the low light being when he got lost for several minutes in his own France alike like a bag of golf clubs analogy. <laughs> oh, I don't remember that one. I'll have to go dig that one no, out. No, either. That's amazing.
2: Uh, you never know what they're gonna, you're going to get. Is that?
1: You always, you you know, they're trying to play with a short short handled putter when they should try a long (sighs) handled one. Like, what's up? God knows. (laughs) Oh, last one Rihanna Garth Jones gets in touch. He said, Shit, is people making Lions 15s? Yes, Jesus. He said, And even more shit is people are picking Ben Youngs to be in those Lions 15s. Jesus, what's wrong with people? Oh, dearie, man. I know Conor he's off form, but come on. Seriously,
2: Uh, (laughs) grow up. It, 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 we couldn't get through this shit without also adding to shit. Uh, A, Northampton's discipline against Bristol because they finished with 11 men.
1: Uh... <laughs> Northampton are so wonderfully completely mental this season. Yeah, it's great. they're it? four in the bin
2: at the end and then they obviously lost with an 80th minute try because you don't even have enough men to fill the fucking And your line.
1: old mate Ian now uh, smashed the... Uh... <laughs> Smashed I'm them. right. He did. Yeah, yeah lovely conversion.
2: Yeah. What I want to know is how the fuck did Bristol somehow contrive to score in the corner against eleven men? <laughs>
1: <To> show <laughs> Just show us if, if there's any illustration of how much defences are on top now, yeah, there it is.
2: There it is, right there. Uh, and also, uh, Michael Rhodes, dirty, oh. dirty bastard.
1: The people's elbow. He's Cut been sighted, hasn't
2: he? Yeah, long, long band there. I think
1: uh right that was shit what have we got that's good good? Ben, is it you got good what you got good
2: hamish bloody watson i had
1: him as well number one
2: six defenders in 15 minutes he beat which is bonkers
1: 10 defenders in the entire 22 (coughs) the whole time he was on fucking mental. the entire wales team only beat 15 defenders in the entire game and he beat 10 in 22 minutes everyone who
2: says that finn russell is scotland's most important player are talking shite i love him so much the miss
1: he's the, the most massive mullet yeah. 70s terrible headband, haircut terrible hair 70s Ruity, terrible headband. doesn't look big enough doesn't yeah. even look like a professional how's he even a professional athlete looking like that yeah kenny powers-esque and on he yeah. comes and then
2: just fucking Pinballs his way to almost victory. And
1: people always say he's not making any. He doesn't make many yards. A lot when he does those runs. Fucking did. He did that this weekend. A lot of people say mm. it's like you're missing the point. There are four people on the floor. Yeah. That now have to get up and now Look have to the waste space more energy. That
2: he's just made. Yeah.
1: Yes. <laughs> yes. Glorious stuff. Anything else good from mm. you?
2: Uh, Hadley Parks. Clearly, a uh, friend of the pod, Paul Williams, had a bit of a word with his his betrothed. Yes. about how shit he's been.
1: Through the microphones, he's, through the speakers yeah. he's set up and he's out without Hadley knowing. <laughs> yeah. He's whispered to him in his e- sleep. Yeah. Uh, excellent
2: in defence, linked the play well, carried hard, made good decision, decisions, ended up with his face looking like he'd been in a minor car crash. Uh, yeah, everything Hadley Parks... I believe. Yeah, everything Hadley Parks is supposed to do. Uh, yeah. He's back. You, yeah, it's, it's easy to forget Hadley Parks has an 83% winning ratio as a Wales player which says a lot about how he's sort of slotted in and made Wales better over the last year or two. Uh, Not as good as Adam Beard, obviously, who has somehow never lost a game for Wales that he's played in. But there we are. He's the Welsh James Ryan. Yeah, yeah. Well, he's he's encroaching on some sort of ridiculous record now because I don't know how many caps Adam Beard's got, but he's... uh, I'm going to check, to be honest. But, yeah, he's somehow, despite... He's got twelve caps for Wales and he's never lost a game. Mad That's, shit that.
1: How many of them are starting
2: though? Uh, not that many, but you know. Even so. Still impressive.
1: Closer. <laughs> it's like yeah, he's like a closing pitcher. Oh, a, Get him out of the bullpen. S- we need to finish this yeah. game off. He's
2: had nine starts and uh, three substitute appearances, and he's won every single one of them. Fair dues. It is indeed.
1: Dave Garrett gets in touch on Twitter. He says, good as a try scoring of Joe Taufeti. Mm. Taufeti- oh, why can't I can't say that properly? Sorry. Taufeti.
2: Taufeti?
1: Probably. Taufeli. Yeah, sorry. Probably. That's, Apologies. I this, can't seem to wrap me mouth go, around this,
2: this, that. This whole exchange is going to go down incredibly well in the Pacific Islands. Yeah, it is.
1: Sorry, everyone. Um, yeah. He's a hooker with 20 tries in 22 appearances. This is the um, USA guy, isn't it? Five in his last two games against Uruguay and Canada. That's not bad, is it? I mean, it's not bad, is it? It's like bloody Daisuke Ohata numbers. It says
2: a lot about uh, the teams they're playing against, maybe. But He's a big lad who can carry. Boy. Off he goes. Big lad who can carry, indeed.
1: Michael says, Welsh boy Mick, he says, good is that Josh Adams finish. Proper wing play.
2: It, I mean, I loved his twisted blood. And then just, I, I felt, I did feel for... Uh, for King On, because he just, he wanted absolutely no part of
1: that. And on the face of it, when you watch it, you just, you go, you go, how oh, the fuck has he missed him there? That's yeah. disgraceful. But actually, when you watch it, Adams is going full speed. Yeah. And, all, and he does and when that stutter
2: step. You do that stutter step, and, you stutter I, step, and
1: all you've got the defender to do is to stop him in it, and then you're going, Adams is going that quick, he can get through that small gap. So actually, yeah. I had some sympathy, you know, you know I me; mean, I can pick up a... Uh, a missed tackle but actually had some sympathy for King on there he was just diddled by a really good finish but yeah. sometimes that happens
2: yeah it, yeah I felt for him but uh, well what can you say it's hard when somebody like you say when somebody's running it's nice for Wales
1: to have found the definite other wing isn't it because it's been a few <laughs> yeah. years of who is that other guy
2: yeah and it's sort of the back three. I mean, he tried properly... Tom
1: James once, bless him. I know he's he's not been so well as he, so I don't want to go no. too hard on it. But the fact but is, still... he's you know it was it was indicative of the malaise on the, the, the other problem wing. there. Yeah,
2: yeah. Well, the problem was that Alex Cuthbert was that guy for a while, and now Alex Cuthbert <laughs> stopped scoring tries or doing anything. God love him. Um, yeah, and after, and that you know there was Steph Evans was tried for a while. You know there was talk of Keelan Giles being tried. There was. Steph Adams yeah, looks
1: okay, but he he doesn't he's I don't I mean I think Gatland would be much happier with the type of winger Adams is. Yeah, well he's Adam, but Adams is
2: interesting is because he's got Sevens experience and he's got Sevens unpredictability.
1: But he's a, but he's a big he's a, he's a big lad
2: and he's quick and that's it's kind of like Gatland's prototypical winger, but with a bit of unpredictability thrown in, which is kind of what Wales so have always needed. Set.
1: Yeah. Just that, yeah. Right, let's get through this. We're running on a bit now. Catherine Kavanagh gets in touch. She says, "Good is James Ryan body slamming Antoine Dupont on his own line while still on his What's knees." Funny, What's it was funny. good, and it was great. Yeah. It was a kind of whoa bit moment. Um, <laughs> Nick Hillen gets in touch. He says, Good is Alan Dell on the rampage despite ignoring a potential overlap. You can't expect him to see overlaps. He's oh, never God, seen never. open pasture like that in his life. <laughs> he goodness. was like a foal let loose on the barn for the first time.
2: <laughs> I, I, I genuinely had visions of us losing that game because of a galloping Alan Dell <laughs> <must> clean break. <laughs> That must have been what it, it felt like this to get
1: off the it. train at the frontier in the Old West in the 1850s and go, look at all this space. <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's big country. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Uh, but yeah, hey, he was quick and all, wasn't he? Yeah. Rapid. Yeah, absolutely rapid. Tim Colton gets in touch. He says, good. Bath beating Saracens, boom. Yeah. Newcastle beating Wasps, boom. Yeah. Gavin Thomas yeah. gets in touch. He says... Like Schrödinger's cat, I was a fan of the equally shit good move by France where they held up their own pushover try. <laughs> still got it most, given, but it's. But it was, that was
2: the most sympathy fucking oh. thing.
1: I did ever. like the fact the ref called it though. So yes. I'm giving it. <clears throat> yeah. I do like that. A bit of strokes. I'd much
2: rather that happen. Yes. Than the other thing.
1: But yeah, only. It was a perfect. Did you see the. Um, there was that particular um, late-on line-out that France had where they went to throw it to the jumper and he threw it directly at the props, at James Ryan's yes, head. who he hadn't heads, even yeah. jumped.
2: Yeah, it was just <laughs> absolutely so fucking the,
1: the French guy's up in the air and the ball gets thrown to where his knees now are and James Ryan <laughs> just grabs it. Oh, it was funny. Um, uh, honestly,
2: it's genuinely embarrassing watching what's going on with some of France's set moves because it's just, what
1: are you doing? Guys? They're obviously not training. No. Nope. They can't be. Anyway. That's what it must be happening anyway. Moving on, Alex McKee gets in touch and says, Good, South Africa, in South Africa, the Lions Super Rugby team have a second row called Rhino Herbst. <laughs> Rhino. He says, Brian, imagine that name I being... It was f-
2: not... Born with that
1: name. Imagine I'm that sorry. name being Come fucking on. a massive South African lock, <laughs> which means he's obviously, as Alex points out here, has a professorship in shit outery as a birthright as part of it as part of his yes, genetics.
0: Correct.
1: Yeah, we're looking forward to seeing a bit more of him. You and Mackie gets in touch. He says, "Good was Josh's guest on the Rugby Blog podcast last week, which oh, meant we you. got three hours of Josh laying into the Wru and Gus P show." And you made him yeah. swear. You made him put up two versions because of all the swearing.
2: Hey, hey! I didn't say cunt on that one. <laughs> all right. I, I mean, I feel like I enabled them to say cunt, but mm. I wasn't the one who said cunt.
1: The other guy who was on. Not not Cammy. The other guy seemed to be delighted that he was finally let loose on swearing, oh, didn't he? Because he he's yeah. obviously told he can't do it usually. <laughs> I've had somebody else this week on Twitter saying that we're a hard listen because we swear that much. I'm tempted. I won't just swear back at you. I'll say this again. This is how I talk in real life with my friends.
2: Oh, yeah. So, you know,
1: this is just the way it is. We don't have a broadcast mode.
2: No. Josh uses
1: fuck as a comma. That's just what he does. Yeah. And I I swear quite a lot as well. Yeah. Lastly.
2: Problems. Yeah. Sean Troy. It's a problem for our commercial viability, I feel. Oh, yeah. What are you going to do? Well, Exactly.
1: Sean Troy gets in touch family, the new close personal friend of the pod he reached over in the VIP lounge to tell me this
2: tatty on the shoulder he yeah. said
1: uh, good is Ireland's under 20s the, their game against France was the best match of the weekend Ireland versus England under 20s was brilliant as well and they've won it with one game to spare I think yeah they under 20s won yeah. something quite pure about under 20s rugby that reminds me of the amateur days yeah I can actually I can see that, I can yeah. that yeah and that is us Yes. Have you got any pie history banter to finish off like we did last week? <sighs> I you know
2: what? I feel like I should have done my own work. I haven't. I've mean, literally no, just thought about it. Pa- really Patreon sorry. special. Yeah. Pie. Pie history. We'll get.
1: History, <laughs> if you will.
2: Yeah. We'll get Tony Collins in, see if he knows anything about pies.
1: Or he must know someone. So... The way that universities <laughs> are now, they will definitely be <laughs> de- a professor de- of fol- de- pie pie history. Somewhere. Yeah,
2: definitely given what university, you know, what part of the world the university is where In he... Them, surely... One of them
1: ones, like the University of Huddersfield or somewhere like that. Yeah,
2: absolutely. University of Central you know.
1: Lancashire, one of them ones.
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean, if if you are a pie expert...
1: And I don't mean eating them. No, no, we no. We can take I mean, care of that his, ourselves.
2: Yeah. F- history. I'm talking about history here. And... Oh, sorry. My Siri just started asking. It started
1: answering questions about pie history, though, which never usually happens. But here we are. Well, uh, there's so an episode yeah. of a pod. Just ask Siri something and see what it says. Yeah. Anyway, and on that bombshell. On that bombshell, this podcast <laughs> episode is now history because it's the end. <laughs> hey, come on. Right then, speak to you all soon, folks. When Josh will be basking in the afterglow of a Grand Slam win, I or maybe not. He won't.
2: Definitely won't.
1: <laughs> Ta da!
0: social podcast network Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky Lucky in line at the deli I guess ah in my dentist's office